This is the Sister Squad with Morta, Nona, and Dekuma. <laughs> Nona. Nona. We'll just stop right now. <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, I want to talk about John Denver just because. Um, you know, I'm looking for stuff to watch on Netflix at night, and I like that song. One of his songs come on. I love his music, you know? And so then I was like, oh, I wonder if there is a, a you know, like a music thing. So I found one on Netflix. I found a, what is it, like a, a show based on his autobiography. And so I thought it was interesting. I mean, I didn't really know anything about his life other than he sang and he died in an airplane accident oh spoiler alert um, <laughs> that's what i thought i'm like I, I hope i don't like spoil it for anybody <laughs> well i i just i i loved his music he had such a good voice and i loved his the lyrics and I think his music is pretty timeless you know yeah i thought it was really interesting so because you wanted to do that, I um, downloaded his book, which is called what? Is it Take Me Home? Yes, John Denver, Take Me Home. I could not find it on in the library, but I did. I'm on chapter seven of his autobiography, which is not very long. Like I've listened to about two hours of it today, and there's only 44 minutes left. So he wrote this in, because um, he died when he was like, what, 55 or something? I think he was 53. 53. So this must have come out like right before he died. His autobiography. Um, yeah. And so I've been listening to it today. And then I watched the show that you, which is the same thing. Like it's called John Denver, Take Me Home. Um. Yeah, I think it's Take Me Home, the, like the John Denver story or something. Yeah, like yeah. And it's... Because there's another movie take, that's Take Me Home, and it's not that. Yeah, so it's so. on, if anybody wants to watch it, it's on Amazon Prime, and you can watch it for free. Um, I like... Um, okay, yet again, I like it. It was almost like that uh, soundtrack was just, like, written for that show. I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> every time you turn around you know yeah or, that's you know. so funny so i did um jot down like a few of the little facts from the movie i took notes you know i watched the movie i took notes and i was and then i also hit like wikipedia to see some of the facts of his life you know what's so funny it's just like that little meme that we were just talking about um i honestly thought that he was like 10 years younger than mom and dad and he was born in 1943, like, because, again, I forget how long it's been since he died and how old he was when he died. So he's, he was born in 1943, and um, he was an Air Force brat, bounced all the way around. And so this is some of the stuff that I got from, the, from his book is you know and you get it from the movie too like that his dad was an air in the air force his dad was a captain and a pilot 
And I mean, think of the generation like mom and dad's parents age. So yeah. like, cause John Denver was kind of a hippie, right? Like, I mean, he was really more just folk music, but kind of his ideas were a little hippie-ish, a little hippy dippy with like yeah. the um, environmentalism, like way ahead of, of the curve on environmentalism and um, the, uh, thankfully, like his, uh, when they went to, they, he grew up in Tucson for a lot of the time is where he was going to maybe elementary and early junior high. And then they moved to Montgomery, um, Alabama, and there's an Air Force base there. And that area was segregated. And he said in, because this is coming from his book that the movie was based on, was that um, he came from an integrated school. And that's exactly, you know, mom and dad were talking about that, mostly mom, was that like when the whole civil rights thing was going on, first of all, you know, we live in Utah, which is a very white state. So it's not like you would see a ton of uh, people of color in the 50s in Utah. But those people of color went to the regular schools. And so, and like mom was saying when she lived in, in Salt Lake, in the 60s, she's like, things weren't segregated. Like there wasn't segregation here. And if there was, she like, she's like, I didn't run into it because I don't know where it would have been segregated. And that's pretty much what he said about living in Tucson was that it was his school was integrated. And then he moved to Montgomery, Alabama, and and his his school was segregated because he was he moved there in in high school and he was he was a year younger than mom and mom graduated high school in 1960 so he wouldn't have graduated until 1961 so it was right at the height of the civil rights thing um the civil rights movement so then they moved from there they weren't in alabama very long because they moved to fort worth texas and that's where his dad was stationed and um he graduated high school there but before he graduated high school he and his dad just didn't get along. And then I think about Grandpa Jorgensen and like the kind of ideas at that time. And then you've got this kid who wants to be a musician. And so he like took the car. I guess it was his car. But from Texas, he took the car and his money, woke up one early one Saturday and he drove to California because he was going to get a job like on a boat or something and and find some family friends that lived in California and then make some money and he called his dad like once he got to California and he's like hey I'm looking for our friends I forget what the friends names were and and he was gonna stay there and you know his dad was a captain in the Air Force and he was a pilot and he's like well do you want me to come and get you and he's like no I just need their address so he gets their address and he and then the car breaks down whatever anyway his dad came his dad borrowed a plane flew from Fort Worth to California and picked him up and took him back home and then he finished high school and then they um they his parents paid for him to go to college and he was studying architecture and you know he didn't really want to be an architect he wanted to he wanted to sing and he wanted to do music but like it was really important to his parents for him to get a college education and and his parents viewed that as like your ticket to a better life, like something that maybe they didn't have. And so in his third year of college, he left college to join a band. 
And I thought about mom and about how much she would have loved. She always said she would have loved to have gone to college and she just didn't have the opportunity. And so he like, that was kind of a big deal for him to leave college. And so he and his dad just really didn't get along. You know, his ideas were, were a little kind of flower child ish. And you know, then he's got a dad who is a captain in the air force. So, so then he joins a, a band and the band was like the Chad Mitchell band. And so in 19, it's 1965. He quits, he quits college. He joins this band and he's doing pretty okay, you know? And then in 67, he married Annie that Annie song comes from and still kind of torn around or whatever. But then, um, at Christmas time, he wrote leaving on a jet jet plane oh, I which that one. Yeah. which it was um obey by hate to go is what he had named it but it was <laughs> so anyway so he went and spent all of his money and recorded this album of his own like five songs or something and sent and re- got 250 copies of it and sent it out to everybody he knew and um was it the mamas and the papas that recorded that the first time oh i don't know i didn't know that but but anyway um he sent it out to them because he had met them kind of in the music business and so his his song his first like hit song wasn't one that he sang they sang it and then he sang it again later you know okay and so in 1969 he got a deal with rca for like four four albums so i thought it was just really interesting like when you listen to how hard it is to be a musician like i his music and his voice like just amazing but i would rather lay down in traffic than do the work that it takes to be a musician to be successful right like to be a successful musician and like schlepping your crap all over the country and singing in bars and singing here and then you know, you're never, pardon me. And the groupies. I mean, (laughs) yeah. So, yeah. So then his, he writes Annie's song about how wonderful Annie is, you know, the, you fill up my senses like that song. And he was freaking cheating on her. And that's why I was like, that bastard. (laughs) So he, the groupies, he's like, he, she didn't want to go on tour. Like she was, he says in the book, like she was, grew up in the same town, like went, was born in the same house, essentially that she graduated high school from, you know, like went to school with all the same kids. Her dad was a successful business person and she had a really great sense of self and self-esteem. And he was a Air Force brat, had been moved around and he had this stern captain father that He'd never felt like he and his dad kind of saw eye to eye until later in his life. Um, and so Annie just didn't need other people's approval. And he felt like he always did. And so she didn't want to go on the road with him. And so she was staying at home when they were living in Aspen. And he was lonely. And so he took girls back to his hotel room like... I'm like, well, I know I, so, so I didn't read all of that stuff. I didn't know much about him. I watched the show because I liked the music and I wanted to see like something about his life. And so then, you know, I, it's an autobiography 
And of course, I don't know that people are really brutally honest about their own weaknesses. You know, some people, some people are, I know, I don't know about him. You know, like people try and whitewash their lives a little bit. Well, in the movie, in the movie, they acted like it was one girl. But he says in his autobiography that I listened to five hours ago, that it was more than one woman. Yeah, he, his his infidelities. Mm. But you know, I was looking. I I assume like in um, you know, like in an autobiography, if he's talking about the way that this was based on the autobiography about the way that he felt about her, you know, and how much he loved her. And, yes. And I I just thought about you know, I was reading that, and of course it's sad because he dies in a plane crash in the end, but. <laughs> spoiler alert but when I was watching that I was talking to my husband after and the saddest thing to me I mean he died but we're all going to die the saddest thing to me was seeing how much he loved her and that they ended up divorced you know well and And, he says in the book he says like that he didn't really realize and you know like again I'm always thinking that he's younger like than he was like as far as his generation I'm always putting him like born in the 50s when he was born in 43 he's Uh, he says in the book like that he did not realize how badly that would hurt her until later and then once it was broken it was like it was too it was too too late it was too late he didn't I don't think that he was the one who wanted the divorce and no, she I mean, she asked for show. it. She asked for the divorce in the show. But in the book, he's more vague. Like, they broke up and we just couldn't make it work is kind of like how he phrases it. But I think she was just done. Uh, she was just done, you know? Well, they show. I'm, I'm probably, I'm, I'm guessing that the fights that they show in the, in the um, movie that those are it's based on his book i'm assuming that those are accurate you know where um yeah you know she had like trees cut down around the house for like some sort of plumbing or something and she made a decision says kind of like his second wife which you know he got married again after he got divorced she said he was very controlling and it's hard to know with her she was younger than him yeah um because you know, second marriages when the guy is older, that's um, a daddy a dynamic. Like, <laughs> that's the daddy dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's like that they're and also you know she was a young Australian actress, you know, and she's um, marrying and the was, famous John Denver. He was already famous by then, so the power dynamic yeah. is also different, you know. Well, but then you've got she's a young actor, actress, and what is she marrying? You know, I'm sorry when women marry older men I mean they might be really in love with them but you know you've got that age imbalance the power imbalance and then he's famous yeah he can sing really well yeah so you know the things that she said about him she said he was really controlling and he had anger problems and you kind of see that from the you know the movie because like with Annie like the issue like she had bought a bed and he was mad that she bought a bed without him yeah. She's gone. She's like, you're gone for three months. And she bought a bed that she had wanted, that she loved so much. It was a four-poster bed that reminded her of her grandma's bed. And so she was so excited to show him. And and then he was he was mad, you know, like, why did you do this? But then in the end, like, the, 
that he shows that what happened when she said she wanted a divorce was he was still mad about cutting the trees down like that where she'd have the trees cut down and he felt like she made decisions without him he was gone all the time and decisions had to be made she made them and he didn't like them but so he got a chainsaw and cut her, her bed head in half he bed. cut the he cut the whole bed in half when, and that is also yeah. true that's exactly what he yeah. did that hurt bed and I, how i'll show you how i feel i think maybe she was saying don't tell me how you feel or something and he says i'll show you how i feel and he got the chainsaw and cut that bed yeah cut it in half and the other thing and, is that there's allegations that and i believe them because everything else is she's been totally quiet in the news the only thing she would ever say about him is why they got divorced was because he said, oh, we didn't communicate. We didn't do this. And all the only thing that she ever said was the very PC. We got very, we got married very young and we were not equipped to handle how quickly he was successful. But he tried to choke her after around the time yeah. that he, that he, yeah. that he cut the bed in half. Yeah. So what, what kind of drugs was he on? Alcohol. Mm. Yeah, that makes Alcohol sense. and pot. He smoked pot a lot. And, but he was an yeah. alcoholic. And then he got, so, um, let's see. So well, in 1982, he divorced her. And um, so in my notes, it says his dad dies. Annie cuts down the trees for plumbing. John used a chainsaw and cut their bed in half. What an ass. <laughs> and then in 1982, he divorces Annie in 88, he marries Cassandra Delaney, and their marriage lasted from 88 to 93. And in 93, he got his first drunk driving ticket. In 94, and he got probation. And in 1994, he again gets a DUI, and somehow he gets off. And in 1997, let's see, in 1996, the FAA will no longer um, let him fly because he would not abstain from alcohol. Wow. And then in 1997, he gets that that uh, aircraft that's like a experimental flyer type of thing. And um, he crashes that. But at that time, because that was in... He died on? Mm-hmm. In October, but he was not drunk. They did not topsy. He was not drinking when he, he uh, crashed. But they... At, at that time in 97, before that, they had opened up his second drunk driving case and we're going to like, he was going to maybe face jail time. So some people think that he like, oh, did he kill himself? But I don't think he did. Um, his, he kind of was getting his crap together, you know, and they said that experimental aircraft that it had two fuel tanks and he did not have enough fuel. And in order to switch over to the second fuel tank, you had to put it on autopilot and turn around to flip the, you know, he had to twist in his seat to flip the switch to go from one fuel tank to the other. And they think that when he was flipped around, he pushed down on a pedal and, and took it out of auto autopilot because his dad taught him he learned how to fly like a Cessna or whatever, but he bought a Learjet, like a small oh, jet. Wow. Not like a, I always make, I always think the Learjet's like the Concorde, but it's not. But anyway, he bought like a, a kind of a jet that would fit, seat maybe, how, how many people, Brenda? Like 14 or something? That's pretty big. You know? Yeah. But anyway, 
his dad taught him how to fly it. Aww. And that's when they really were kind of re-establishing their, their, yeah. their reckon, um, their relationship and kind of, um, yeah. uh, learning, you know, to like each other and, you know, cause he was, he was 53 when he died. So, and his dad died when, like just a few years before that, maybe. Yeah. I, another thing about him too is like, you know, because they, they had trouble, they couldn't conceive and, um, you know, they adopted and their first baby, I mean, he was African American. He said he was, you know, they didn't care. They just wanted a baby. And he wasn't around, I think a lot for his kids, his, um, wasn't around, you know, he was always busy and going places, but it, with his kids after the divorce, he kind of, um, I don't know, he kind of was around more for them. After after he divorced the second wife, I think, and after, like, his drunk driving, yeah, um, he kind of got back with his kids. And I think even at that time, after that second divorce, because I really think he loved his wife, you know. I think the way did. that he writes it, because he wrote that book, I swear to you, right before, it must have come out right before he died. And I was like, didn't he divorce his first wife? Because the way he's writing it, you can tell that he's writing it later in his life. And you can tell how much he absolutely loves her. And I think, well, you know what? You just ruined. Movie, yes. You can see that. Yeah. So that's why I just, you know, it's like, it's sad that he died. But the real death for me, the real sadness was like, how do you get from this place where you're so, you know, when it shows their courtship and relationship where you're like so madly in love to where, yeah, he's choking her out and cutting her bed in half, you know, but I, I think a lot of that too, whether alcohol or not, I think that like that feeling, you know, that guilty feeling and that projection that people do. Yeah. Like, you know, people that, that cheat and that they're always the worst projectors and suspect their, their spouse or their girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever of, of cheating because. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think, I think two of the generation, you know, cause so he was mom and dad's age and, and I'm not, again, like there's a lot of times where I, I like to bring this up. I'm not excusing him. It's an excuse and a reason are different. There is no excuse for him ever laying hands on his wife. And there's actually no excuse for him cutting her bed in half in anger either. It's like grow up. You know, but I think that, um, he said a lot, like growing up with that dad who was in the air force and his dad never really knew how to express himself. Like John knew that his dad loved him because he said when he dropped out of college, you know, his parents wanted him to be just have a college education. I don't think they cared what he did, but his dad said, um, said to him, you know, uh, kind of gave him a dressing down as far as like him dropping out of college in a letter. He wrote him a letter. And then at the end of the letter, he said, you know, but if this is what you got to do, you do it and you do your best and send him $250. And he's like, in 1965, that was a lot of money. Um, and so he knew that his dad loved him. And the other thing that I really wanted to say that I thought was so great was that his dad told him when he was in high school and he was just starting to get some like local gigs where he's going around in a band and singing and 
And people even then were telling him, like when he went to Montgomery from Tucson, his he was really shy in Tucson. And he thought, I'm going to try really hard to be like this one friend he had in Tucson and to make new friends when I get to Montgomery. This is a new place. So he um, told people he could sing. And in Montgomery, he sang in a class and he sang like three or four songs and people were just amazed, you know, and then all of a sudden people are saying hi to him in the halls and, and then he joined, he started a band and they were, you know, singing here and there. And his dad said, uh, you know, John, you have a gift that's been given to you and you're able to play the guitar and you're able to sing. And that's something that's been given to you. He's like, but I just want you to remember that just because you've been given those gifts, you're no better than anybody else. Like as far as like your worth, your value, like that doesn't mean that they're less than you. And he said that's conversations we've had with our kids. <laughs> yeah. And he's, it's so funny. He said that was one of the things that really kind of, he took with him. He's like one of the lessons that my dad uh, taught me that I, that really meant something to him that he took with him. And he, um, in the book, he likens it to the parable of the talents. And he felt like he was the, the servant that was given the five talents, like with his, with his singing and his guitar playing. And, and also, because I think he might have said, you can sing and you can write songs. Because, you know, of yeah. the, he recorded like 300 songs. And of the 300 songs that he recorded, 200 of them he wrote. Oh, wow. And so, you know, oh, he was. and he said they just come to him. Like yeah, when he wrote, um, what was it, Rocky Mountain High? Yeah, it just fell into his happened? head. He just was fell into his head. He was like in so. the mountains, and he just, it just, and I'm like, oh my goodness, we need like a soundtrack to our lives. So I do love his music, and and I did put at the top of my notes that um, John Denver is Jeremy's man crush. Like, oh, is he? <laughs> oh that's a good man crush to have. <laughs> He loves, he freaking loves John Denver. So I thought well, that was really I think, cute. I think who is, you know, his kids, like, because I looked to see what his kids said. And I didn't really get the, I didn't really get how it worked out. But it said that the brother, like the older African-American brother. Zach. And the sister, the stepsister. So from the second wife that they lived together. So I didn't really read up on, oh. I couldn't really figure out how that worked because after their dad died and I mean, because she had a mother, she had an Australian actress mother, but I, you know, I saw in the, in the thing, like he had gone camping with his kids and kind of, um, had made an effort to get back, you know, to where they were doing things together because he, you know, he had done stuff with them when they were littler. But I always think, you know, it's nice to see what people's kids, you know, how, how they talk about their parents. What You know, you can tell a lot, yeah. I think, about a person by how their kids talk about them after yeah. they're gone. And because, see. I, you know, like I, the second, the second, you know, the ex-wife, the second wife, that they, they got divorced. You know, I mean divorce everybody you know it's a bad deal anyway but like okay you got to kind of take some of that with a grain of salt and then know the relationship was on a really different yeah kind of a footing from you know his first marriage yeah he didn't have a lot so it's zachary john and anna kate were the two older kids 
And then with his, um, and then the se- the second wife was Cassandra, and their baby that they had was Jessie Bell, was their daughter. And she was born in 92 or something like that. 91, I can't remember. But anyway, so uh, Zach- Zachary, Anna Kate, and Jessie Bell were his kids. So, but he did say that about that second wife, this is his, of his second marriage, Denver said that before our short-lived marriage ended in divorce, she managed to make a fool of me from one end of the valley to the other. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> These older men that marry younger women, and likewise, women that, older women that marry younger men. I mean, more power to you. <laughs> but, you know, when you've that... You've got that big of an age difference. It's like, what do they see in you? Why are they marrying you? you oh, know? yeah. So she was born, Cassandra Delaney was born in 61. And he was born in 43. 43, yeah. So that's a big difference. You know, yeah, 18 yeah. years. It's like, he's old enough to be your dad. Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, when you get that, that much of a difference. Although I know there are lots of people that marry, you know, yeah. Marry younger people in their relationships are just fine. But you know, when you're when you're looking at someone that has money and that's famous and Yeah. You know, yeah. Like are they marrying your money? Why why are they marrying you? Well, I don't know. You know, it's hard, you know, like in her defense and I don't even know her, but it it would be hard not to be like, you know, just wooed and wowed yeah, and feel like just like oh my gosh he's so famous and what he likes me and and it would be hard to tangle out the well, real I'm person not yeah. yeah i'm not saying like she went in like oh money i'm just saying you know you've got this subconscious yes right right yeah and, you know what i mean i mean you're looking at him and it's like you're wowed you're it's the famous person yeah that would hard you be know, hard not to be get married you know, it's like you're married to an old man. <laughs> yeah. I think eventually, you know. Well, and then the real the real person comes out, and so she That's was, was she was eventually, married to you're all just real people. Yeah, and she was married to him during his alcoholism years. I mean, I don't care how beautiful he can sing. If you're married to a drunk, like no, thank you. And it sounds like he was a mean drunk. He was a mean drunk, like, because he had his own demons and, you know, and that's why I was like, well, I don't know how this, well, this is going to go because I really, I mean, I love his music and he probably had, I think he was pulling his life together, but I think that he had a lot of like the, a lot of demons and then the addict, you know, like it's always, although again, like that he doesn't really, you know how like sometimes the addict will like tell you the blame or whatever, or like. He does do a little minimizing, like, well, I just didn't know that it would be that big of a deal if I was cheating on my wife. Like, I just didn't know it would hurt her that bad. How could you not know that? How could you think when you were... You just chose not to. Right. He's like, I was lonely. Tough. Tough. <laughs> you know? I don't know. And that's why it's like, well, I guess that the what this shows us is that we're all complex people who are not all good or all bad. Because he had a lot of good things, but... I can see why Annie divorced him and stayed divorced from him and didn't want him back. Mm-hmm. Like, I can love you from afar for the, your good things and let's remember the good memories, but I'm out skis and she got married to somebody else and she's still alive today. Oh, is she? Yep. She's 77 or 8 or something, 79. He would be 70. 
Fair American Tag, did her husband die or did they get divorced? I, th- it, you know, she's, she's a hard nut to crack. Like, her name's Annie Martell Denver, and I could not find who she's married to. Um, and I don't know how she's kept her name out of the news. And, like, so, you know, on Wikipedia, you have, like, a, a, your name, like, a, this, John Denver's married to Annie Martell, whatever, and then it will be blue, so you can follow her link. Her link is a dead gray link. Like, there's nothing oh, wow. there. But his second wife has a link. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So, all right. Annie Martell is 74-year-old. I don't know when this was done. She was 74-year-old American spouse. Yeah, it, it's hard to tell. Parents, Jim Martell, Norma Martell. Children, Anna Kate Denver, Zachary John Denver. Let's see if I can find. Yeah, let's see. Annie Martell. She looks so freaking cute. Who did Annie Denver marry? Um, It just doesn't say, like, who did Annie Denver marry after John? It says, but Denver and Martell's relationship came to an end. And then it talks about John Denver marrying Cassandra Delaney. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't... It, it's difficult to find out who she married, but she did get remarried. Yeah, she when he died, I think, he did he not have a will? I think it ended up that she, Annie, was put in charge of his estate. Um, and she, like, it was divided. He had, like, $21 million. Good for it him. It was divided between, divided between the three kids, so. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was just as sad. It made me really sad, like, yeah. that they got divorced. You know, I, that's one thing about, you know, I watched, I watched these movies. So, of course, after that, I had to go on a, you know. Down the rabbit hole. Because, you know, they say, well, then they say, you know, you might like this. And so then the next one that came up was Patsy and Loretta, and I had not seen that. And that is Who? about Patsy Klein and Loretta Lynn. Oh, Wow. And did you see Sweet Dreams? It had Jessica Lange and Ed Harris. Um, I no, I've I've <laughs> I have seen the things for it, but no, I have not. Oh, I loved I loved that movie. That's one of the movies I can watch through every time. I love Patsy Cline's music, and I like the story is like I like Sweet Dreams, and then I liked this Patsy and Loretta because they were. You know, they got to be good friends, and both of their husbands were unfaithful. Yeah. And that's, yet again, we're talking back in that. That was a little bit, I mean, she would have been older than. Mm Mm-hmm. Than Loretta Lynn. And Loretta Lynn was, like, mom's age, right? And then, like, how we were talking about, you know, you're going back another, like, 10 years probably, because when when were they singing in the... Well, Loretta like, Lynn is right around mom's age or a little older. I think she's in her 80s. Mm-hmm. And so if Patsy Klein was alive, I'm sure she'd be in her 90s. Annie Martell got divorced. She's currently single. So she divorced her second husband as well. Let's see. Patsy Klein. Patsy. Um, We're going to have to wrap this up in- at some point. She was born in 1932. But anyway, I just watching that and 
they, you know, they were on the road, they were singing and famous, and both of their husbands cheated on them also. Those dirty dogs. It was okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it was all right. Was I'm just, she goes, it was okay, and I'm just looking at her like, she's speaking French. Like, I don't know, I... Je ne parle français. <laughs> I don't speak French. <laughs> I said they were men, so it was all right. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> the double standard. Well, yeah, because they, um, like Loretta Lynn was just like some girl just standing by her man. Do you remember when Hillary Clinton said that? I'm not just, I think that was Loretta Lynn's song, wasn't it? Stand no, that's Tammy Wynette. Is that Tammy Wynette? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I think, she, I think she was in their little rat pack, though, Tammy White. I'm sure she probably right. was. All right, I think we yeah. need to be done. They come and wrap okay. us up. Mm. Bye. We done. <laughs> we out. Till next time. Thank you for joining us. And we'll do the Ola story next time eventually, I promise. We'll finish it out. <laughs>